Hello and welcome into Jam Session. Glad to have whoever you are listening to us. Jam Session is Matt McLaren and Jean-Jacques Taylor. We're two guys who used to do a radio show on ESPN Radio in Dallas, Texas. We now do this podcast. We talk a lot about the Dallas Cowboys, other Dallas sports teams, and just our interests in Dallas, nightlife, stories, beer, all kinds of things. Glad to have you. Thanks for listening. Let's get going. Welcome. It's nice to have you here. I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. You're listening to the Jam Session Podcast. I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume. With Cowboys insider... What's your name? Jean-Jacques Taylor. That's my name. Radio personality and craft beer expert, Matt McLaren. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. Comes from upbringing. And now, the Jam Session Podcast. It is indeed Jam Session. Subscribe, rate, review, hang out with us for a while right here on the Jam Session Podcast, sponsored as always by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law will fight that legal battle so you'll have time for healing and renewal. But right now, that moment we've all been waiting for has arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, the radio, the TV, the podcast star, it's the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. What up, Doc? I would be the non-sexy one, Matt McLaren, and this, my friends, is Jam Session, the podcast version 329, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled. If not entertained. We got a lot to get into, man. We've been gone for a while. I know many of you, we had a few people reach out, had a couple of people that messaged us and said, hey, what happened to the podcast? Are you guys done? Are you going to still do it? It's like, yeah, we're still doing the podcast. We just took about a week off to enjoy the holidays, to travel and and spend some time with family and not have to. It can be really difficult with you and I sometimes when we're both in different locations, especially when we're traveling, when both of us are traveling to find some time. So we decided it's the end of the year. I know you've been feeling a little burned out, everything you had going on. I was ready to kind of walk away from it for a few days. And now we're back. We're refreshed and we're ready to roll. Yeah, man, I think I, I was sitting here thinking about it the other day. It was like, I really don't think we've taken a whole week off this whole year. Like we may take some days here normally because of travel or something, but I don't remember taking a week off. No, we never a took stri- a week off. No, not a straight week. And so, no. you know, <laughs> sometimes you need a break, bro. Yeah, and it, it got to be that way. And. I, I get it because there were times, you know, after the Eagles games, I, I was like, man, I want to talk about this because I was stoked and I was at a family Christmas Eve gathering and they had all started eating dinner and they're like, well, Matt's excused because he's watching the Cowboys Eagles game. Right, right. And I right. was going nuts. And then I'm sitting there. I was able to watch Cowboys Titans while I was in town with my brother and my buddy Juan. We were watching the game in, in Dallas. I was in Dallas able to watch that game at a local place there. And, and, and that was a lot of fun. And you have all these reactions and you have all these thoughts, but it, it was nice to not have to worry about, okay, well, we got to stop down and, and, and taking some of that time and just being able to enjoy being around family and friends over the holiday season and focusing on them and not having to worry about coming up with content or editing or doing any of that stuff. No, no, it was a uh, it was a good uh, it was a good break. It was a good retreat, and sometimes you need that just to charge yourself back up and get excited. Like I read your tweet earlier today about oh, yeah. how excited you were to get back in the radio broadcast booth because you got so much to talk about because you've had just five days, brother, off. But you know, um, when you're going, and me and Matt have both been going hard this year. Um, 
you can get worn down, man. And uh, I was feeling, especially when we had a couple of late night games oh, yeah. and all this other stuff. And, you know, I've been traveling back and forth to Jackson and Atlanta and all. And I was just like, dude, I am wiped. <laughs> yeah, man. It, that's how it is. And, and it's nice to recharge and reset. And, you know, then you get back early January and you're ready to roll. You're ready to hit it. And so that's what we'll be doing, man. Ready to roll and ready to hit it and excited for it. And we got a lot to discuss, as everybody is well aware. But we couldn't do any of this without our great sponsors. And so many of you in 2022 did a phenomenal job of using our sponsors and helping them to continue to sponsor us and make this possible. And that's very much appreciated. So keep it up. And again, maybe over the new year, unfortunately, you ran into where you got smashed into in a car accident or you had some malpractice you experienced or whatever the case may be. You were injured on the premises of a business. I've been working with Greening Law for a year and a half, and I can tell you with some of the phone calls I've had where I'll be like, okay, well, I don't understand this. And well, what if we did this and what? And they explain their thought process and what's best for you and what's best for your case. It's fantastic. So if that applies to you, Robert Greening and the Green Team, you need to make that call because the consultation's free and they'll tell you flat out if you've got a case or not. No, man, you know, Matt has told you that... Uh when you're going through this long process, who doesn't want somebody to kind of hold your hand and walk you through it and show you where the pitfalls are and give you warning signs like, yo, 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 expect this, expect that. And uh, that's exactly what Greening Law does. So if you've been involved in an accident like that, business, you know, construction site, anywhere that's not your crib, uh, pick up the phone, give them a call, 972-934-8900, say, hey, here's my situation. What do you think? Now, the call is free, so it doesn't cost you anything. They don't get paid unless you get paid. But, you know, you ask them, hey, here's my situation. What do you think? And they'll tell you, hey, we think it's a good fit. Come aboard or, hey, good luck. Um, But either way, you shouldn't make a decision before you give them a call. No, and I would completely agree with you. So you got to make it happen. It's easy to do. And again, consultation's free. 972-934-8900. It's Robert Greening. Call him now. Offices, Dallas, Texas. So here we are, one week left in the NFL's regular season, and shocking, and I know this pisses off some of you that listen, because we saw your tweets. The Cowboys were going to lose out, they were going to be eliminated, they wouldn't even make the playoffs. Well, that proved to be (laughs) false. And believe it or not, for those of you who just love being negative and wallowing in misery in life, the Dallas Cowboys, the path for the one seed overall is there. The path for a two seed and hosting a home playoff game as division champions is there. A lot on the line coming up this week, as it still remains a fact, despite what everybody wants to say, this team sucks, Dak's not any good, they're one and done. There are only two teams in the NFL that have more wins than the Dallas Cowboys. Philadelphia and Kansas City, both at 13-3, and three. that's it with one game left. And I don't know what in the world anybody else going into any season could possibly ask for other than, hey, going into the final week, only two teams will have more wins than you. You cool with that? Because I'm cool with that. But apparently a lot of fans, oh, this team sucks. They're going to lose it to Tampa in the first round of the playoffs. Man, I think the thing about it is, uh, and, you know, obviously I listen to it a bit. I mean, a lot. And, and I told you this at various junctures of the season that, you know, people just are so emotional and football builds it up like this one game winner take all every week. And people just be tripping, man, and overreacting. And 
I just sit down and call bullshit on it <laughs> because that's what it is most of the time. Like once once you deep into the season, you kind of see who you are. Yes, there are occasional uh, seasons where, and we see it, you know, maybe more than I think we do. Like the Dolphins, you start off eight and three, and then you collapse. Uh, there's always somebody who struggles. Green Bay, you know, four and five or whatever their record yeah. was, one and four. And then they catch fire and make a playoff run. That, that those two things always happen. But the the gist of it is, you know, the Cowboys have been a good team most of the year, and so there's no reason to think that because they blew a couple leads and losses that they were going to fall apart and not be any good. Um, you know, bro, they have they got blown out in the opener. They haven't been blown out in any game since then. No, you know it, what I'm saying? Yeah, and look, the reality of it is, and again. People need to realize this because I don't think people do. Dallas is 12 and 4. Well, they haven't played anybody. Well, then nobody else in the NFL has played anybody because the Cowboys have more wins over teams with winning records than anyone else in the NFL this year. Yeah, 5 and 1. Again, the Cowboys have more wins over teams with winning records than anyone else in the NFL right now. So if they're not any good, then no one in football is any good. And if they haven't played fo- anybody, then no one in football has played anybody. Because they have, when you see things like this and you, and you give people facts and they do, well, I don't know if that, I don't know if that's, it's true. So get out of your own negative self or wallow in your misery and continue doing it. But the reality <laughs> of it is, this is a good football team. And this is a good football team with a good quarterback who is playing at times very, very well. And that's another, somebody messaged me the other day, he's like, Dak's not even top 15. He's one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. Do you realize that since Dak came back, that the Cowboys lead the NFL in points, they lead the NFL in third down conversion. Dak himself for the season is second in the NFL in completion percentage, completing almost 70% of his passes. He's sixth in yards per attempt. He's fifth in quarterback rating in QBR, ninth in passer rating. So I, I don't know what it is. Well, he leads the NFL in interceptions. I get it. I agree with you. Stop throwing the interceptions. For whatever reason, and a lot of the times it's not his fault, of the two he threw against the Titans, one was 100% on him. The other one was not on him at all. But those are the types of things that need to be eliminated. The reality of it is Dak is playing at a really good level. Now, you can ignore it because you don't like him. You don't think he can win. You don't like that they paid him so much, whatever. But the reality of it is... He is having a very good season. No, he is, man. And uh, I don't know why it's so hard to see, <laughs> frankly. Um, you, because, again, yeah, the interceptions, you got to fix those. But, you know, if you watch the game and you understand how he's playing, you understand what they're doing, man. I mean, when I look at Dak's improvement, um, I look at it from this perspective, bro. I mean, think about it like this. Their passing game stunk at the end of the last year. What was it? Vic Fangio figured them out. What were, P, what were teams doing? Rushing three, dropping eight, creating zones. He couldn't figure it out. So now teams are doing that, bro. And what's he doing with those people? He's destroying them. Mm-hmm. That's one reason he's got a 70% completion percentage. So you can see the improvement right there. I mean, that doesn't take a rocket scientist to, to look there and see what he's done to, uh, to improve that, in that base. And so, you know, man, Dak is a, uh, Dak's a really good quarterback. Uh, he makes a bunch of plays. And if you understand the game and watch the game, you can see the growth and improvement. Yeah, man. I mean, look, there, there are, again, two teams with more wins 
Only two teams have a better point differential than Dallas, the 49ers and the Bills. And of course, the Bills with the what happened on Monday Night Football, they've only played 15 games. But the Cowboys are one of the better teams in the NFL. If you take your top six teams in the NFL and the Cowboys are in there. However you want to order. Well, they're the six bet team. Okay, kick ass. The Giants made a run as the last wild card and won a Super Bowl. And again, the reality, and I will agree with this, and I was trying to find the tweet because I can't remember who it was, but somebody had sent me a tweet and said, I don't care what they do in the regular season. This season, will t- the, t- the story of this season will be told basically in the playoffs. And that's fair. I get that because reality of it is, if you make the playoffs and you're nine and eight and you win the Super Bowl, nobody cares that you won the division, got a first round bye and went 14 and three and lost your first game. I'd rather be the nine and eight team and win the Super Bowl. Right, right, right. So I understand that. And they do need to show us something in the playoffs. It's hard to win in this league. It's hard to win in the playoffs. I've talked about this. I mean, we've got, we used to go through this on the air. We've done it on the podcast. I keep track of all the quarterbacks that have been drafted in the seven round era. And you've got about a 13% chance of actually drafting a quarterback, whoever ends up winning a, a playoff game. Dak's already won one in his career. Yeah. How wild is that? Now the question is, can you do more than that? Can you be the guy in this system with the way that they've designed this around you with this defense? Can you lift them to a place where they haven't gone since I was in high school? to at least the NFC Championship game? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, that's a good question. That's a good conversation piece. And, you know, man, I uh, I don't know. I look at it. I think the problem is I don't see – like, I looked at last year's team as that is – yeah, they should be able to make a run. That's a really talented team that can go make it happen. I don't really look at this team that way, bro. I know that they've won a bunch of games, but they don't, um, I don't know. There's something about them. I think because I see the flaws that, I don't know, they don't look to me like a, uh, they don't look as talented as last year. And so perhaps that's why I'm like, I don't know. I I don't really know how good they are. They're good. They're really good, but I don't know how good they are. Like last year, I thought I knew how good they were. And of course, they lost San Francisco. Yeah. So, so maybe that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it could be. But in the reality of it, and one of the reasons why I have positivity for them is, look, again, I, I could see Tom Brady and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin who went ballistic. Somebody said this the other day. They're like, well, after watching Brady and Evans today, do you worry about them more? Said, that was Carolina, guys. You realize that, right? They did that against Carolina. Now, it is Tom Brady being at home. If that's what the Cowboys end up having to do, let's say everybody wins this weekend and they've got to go on the road as a 13-win wild card team and they go on the road to Tampa. It is Tom Brady. He has shown that dude, for whatever reason, somehow, someway knows how to win in the playoffs. Yep. Maybe he gets you. But I can see that happening. I can also see them making a run to the Super Bowl because I don't look at any other team in the NFC that is going to be in the playoffs Much like we look at the Cowboys and we say, well, I don't know if they were as good as some of the teams they've had in years past. I don't know what team I circle in the NFC that's really, wow, damn, they're good. I want to say San Francisco, you got a seventh round draft pick at quarterback. And you know what? At some point, we talked about this with Cooper Rush. You got to get game tape on this dude. And Brock Grady has just started his fourth game. The season finale will be his fifth game. Is that going to be enough so then when you get in the playoffs, they start figuring some things out that Purdy can't adjust to? 
Yeah, it's about how long it takes. Because again, in his fourth game's fourth start, it took overtime for them to get past the Raiders. Teams are starting to learn about him a little bit. And that vaunted San Francisco defense got lit up by the Raiders. By the Raiders. A team that is fighting for perhaps a first-round bye allowed the Raiders and Jarrett Stidham to light them up for 365. So I don't know that there's a team out there that you look at and go, damn, man, I don't know about beating them. I, I, this is one of those years, and I don't know if I, like, I don't feel like overall Tampa, I, I don't know that I, could they win a home playoff game? Sure. Aaron Rodgers, if he gets in, please, God, don't let us play Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I'm serious because that dude, you know, he finds ways to pull rabbits out of a hat, and we already saw him once this year. I don't buy into the Giants, quite honestly, but, but reality of it is I can see the 49ers, the Eagles, I can see the Vikings, believe it or not, and I can see the Cowboys, one of those four teams I could easily see going to the Super Bowl. Okay. I don't know which one. And, and quite honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Tom Brady, they've got talent in Tampa. I wouldn't be surprised if Tom Brady just plays on some level because he's Tom Brady and they go to the Super Bowl. Now I'm going to be surprised if they go because they've played like crap most of the year. Mm-hmm. And I always think it's hard to just be like, oh, okay, the playoffs are here. Let's turn it up, baby. I mean, I think I think you are what you are for the most part at this point of the season. Yeah, and, and I, I think the three best teams in the NFC are the Eagles, the Niners, and the Cowboys. Does that mean that one of those three is going to the Super Bowl? I will see because I don't know that the gap between these teams, I think it's as close as it's ever been at the top. I really do. But the good thing is, if that's the case... You know, Jalen Hurts, and we'll see, is he healthy? Is he going to be able to be what he has been earlier in the season with that shoulder? If that's going to bother him in the playoffs, that could be a detriment to Philadelphia. Again, you're telling me Brock Purdy is the quarterback that's going to lead San Francisco to the Super Bowl? So when we start diving into it like that, yeah, you know what? For all of you that hate Dak and think he's crap and he's a below-average quarterback, I would take my chances with Dak Prescott rather than Brock Purdy or injured Jalen Hurts. (laughs) um let me see what uh yeah brock purdy definitely this year's version of um your boy jalen hurts i don't know i have to see how hurt he is that's what i'm saying like how hurt is he is he gonna come into the playoffs and he's 100 okay we're talking that's different well doug here's what i'm here's what i'm curious about like now that they have to win even though we don't know what the you know whether giants are playing starters or backups or whatever yeah but now they have to win, and uh, the coach said, uh, Sirianni said, Jalen will go if he can. You know, I'm ready to see, is he practicing Wednesday? You know, or do they have to, you know, work him in, limit him? Mm-hmm. You know, I just want to see, because if he practices Wednesday and Thursday, then, okay, fine, you can assume that he'll be, you know, as close to full strength as he's going to be. But if, if they have to limit him and do some other stuff, you're like, eh, I don't know, bro. Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing. And we'll see, but I feel like it's wide open. In the AFC right now, I mean, Cincinnati has just been playing out of their mind. And obviously the unfortunate thing with the whole Monday night situation, and it doesn't look like they'll play that game ever. So I don't know what they're going to do. I wonder if they'll have to default to win percentage or something if it comes down to that. Because, again, right now in the AFC, it was Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati are the top three teams. And they were all still fighting for that number one overall seed. 
But because of the quarterbacks that each of those franchises have, it feels like I'd, I'd kind of be surprised if anybody else came out of the AFC other than one of those three teams. Yeah. Um, I think this is the Bills' year. Feels that I mean, way. They, and, and that was my pick gunning. at the beginning of the season. I think it was mine, too. They've been gunning for it all year. Uh, um, I don't think they're, they're afraid to go to Kansas City. They've done that the last couple years. They have a bunch of talent. Um, you know, I just think it's kind of their turn. Uh, Cincinnati is certainly worthy. And, you know, the Chiefs are the Chiefs, bro. I mean, you got to show up and you got to beat them. <laughs> they ain't giving it to you. But, uh, yeah, bro, I don't know how. Uh, forgive me because I wasn't actually watching the game last night. Mm. What was the score when he got hurt? 7-3. to three. Cincinnati was up? Cincinnati was up 7-3 to three when that happened. And, you know, I, I don't know how they're going to handle that. Do, was do, that first quarter or second quarter? I can't remember. I, wa- I wanted to say it happened in the first quarter because it was fairly early. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it happened in the first quarter with, yeah, about halfway through the first quarter, actually. There was six minutes left in the first quarter. Because you right, can't, right. Like, like, there's no way they can make that game up. Like, the Bengals right. play on Saturday. They already announced they're not going to play it this week. Well, then you, you can't play that game after the regular season ends because Wild Card Weekend is in a few days. Yeah. So, so I, the only other thing I could think of is instead of going on wins, you go by win percentage, which right now the Bills have a better win percentage than Kansas City does because of the way that being 12 and 3 would be better. Wait, I'm saying this backwards. You get what I'm saying, though. Yeah, 13 and 3 is better right. than 12 and 4. Yeah, yeah. So that's the thing. Like when you look at that, how they're going to handle that situation over there in the AFC. I, I don't know. 13-3 and three is better than what the, the Bills have, but at the Bills, I, I, who knows? It, Kansas it was City could for the, do what? See, I, think the, I think the bigger question, it was, but we're talking about the second seed. Right, we're talking about yeah, the second seed because if Kansas City wins this weekend, they clinch number one seed anyway. Right. So, you know, it was, and there is a big difference when we're talking, you know, second seed. You get a bye and you play out one game to the MC Championship or you got to – you know, do like your Dallas Cowboys, you know, head on the road. Even though I think the Cincinnati would get a home game, but then you got to go on the road uh, for the next two, uh, probably. So it's a big deal. I mean, it's nobody's fault, so it just is what it is. And I think people will be, because of the circumstance and situation around it, I think for the most part people will just be like, yo, just make your decision, it's whatever. Yeah, and, and in that case, you would anticipate Kansas City would be the one seed, and then Buffalo would be the two, and get that home playoff game in the wild card round. And Cincinnati, I, I'm just asking, how come Buffalo would be the number two? Well, because if Kansas City wins, then they would clinch the one seed. Right. So that's where I mean. But why? Why would Buffalo get over Cincinnati? I, I'm just assuming they four. No, Buffalo's twelve and three. Cincinnati's eleven and four. Oh, I'm looking. Uh, see, I'm looking at Pro Football Reference right now, and they updated the standings. That's why I'm so. That's probably why I sound crazy. They both have them at 12 and four right now. No, Pro Football Reference right now have, has 12 and three Buffalo, 11 and four Cincinnati. Because they've only played four. They've only played 15 games. I know that. Are you looking at the right thing? You know, this is what I do with my kids. You might be looking just, at last year's. I don't know. You know what? That might be. Let me see. I don't know why. No, because they didn't win 12 games last year. Didn't Cincinnati go 10-6? and six? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
Nah, this is this is. I'm looking at 22 Cowboys, and then I just sent over the, to a uh, schedule. So I don't know. Yeah, if you're on the main page and you look at standings, and it, it has it correct. Well, that's weird. That is very, very weird. weird. See, I just sent it to Matt so he knows I'm not stupid. Yeah, I don't know, man. So this is yeah, nuts. Yeah, but that's why I was asking. I was like, why, why would you say that? But yeah, I go over here to the main page, and it's completely different. How dumb is that? <clears throat> okay, now it all makes sense why Buffalo would be number two. Yeah, that is really weird. I see what you're looking at. Huh. <laughs> see? That is really weird. Yeah, I don't know, man. So yeah, now you know. So there you have it. But yeah, that's going to be wild to see how this all turns out. But look, the good news is we're going to get a Cowboys playoff game. They're, what do you think? They're going to play on that Saturday night wild card weekend, or they'll have them Sunday afternoon? That's the Cowboys. They're probably giving them Sunday and Saturday night. That's what I figured. Cowboys. And at this point, you got it. Like, you just go, everybody wins. Cowboys are the five seed. If Philadelphia loses to the Giants and the Dallas, Dallas and San Francisco win, Dallas would be the two seed and San Francisco would be the one seed. If Dallas wins and San Francisco and Philadelphia lose, Dallas is the one seed. So that's how that can work. And, and again, that's, that's, that's doable, man. If, if Jalen Hurts cannot play, it would not surprise me at all if Philadelphia loses again and the Cowboys are no worse than a two seed. God, and what a, what, a, what a weird end of the year for Philadelphia that would be. That'd be wild if uh, I don't anticipate them losing that game, but that would be wild if they did. Yeah, we'll see how can, it turns out. Can you imagine that? No, I can't. I'd love it, but I, <laughs> no, I can't imagine that. I mean, can you imagine being yo yo? We're thirteen and one. We're the best team in the league, and then your quarterback gets hurt, and then you lose. Um, <laughs> you lose three in a row. Yeah, because it, I, I thought, what's the excuse? The Cowboys played with the backup quarterback for weeks, and they didn't lose all these games. <laughs> so I don't get it. Dude, that would be crazy. Tells you everything you need to know. I'll tell you something you need to know. A lot of people for New Year's, they, they I'm going to eat better. I'm going to eat healthier. You need to check into Bruce Biltong. When we talk about eating healthier, this is one of those snacks. Bruce Biltong. I've been telling you guys about this for a while. It's like beef jerky, but it's a traditional South African air dried meat. It's more tender. It's more savory than beef jerky. It's easier to chew. And I say healthier because you get the little snack bags. They're 240 calories, 30 grams of protein. That is a lean, easy snack that is perfectly healthy for you as you're trying to eat a little cleaner and a little healthier. Bro, the thing about it is with Biltong and, uh, you know, whether you go for the slab or you kind of slice it and dice it the way you want, or the slice built on where me and Matt like it, uh, where you just kind of stuff it all in your mouth. Oh, it's delicious. But, you know, the thing about it is it's, it's 230 grams of protein in that two-ounce pouch. I mean, calories, 30 grams of protein. Dude, that's the perfect snack. It's got no carbs in it. It's natural. You can't really do much better than that. No, you cannot. And it's easy to order, too. It's at bruisebiltong.com b-r-u-s-b-i-l-t-o-n-g.com use the promo code jam15 at checkout you get 15 percent off your order make it easy for yourselves also podcast brought to you by jr and his guys over there at freeway tire shop if you are in the dallas area it's just north of downtown dallas and they do it all state inspections oil changes 
tires, obviously, engine work, all kinds of different mechanical things. When you need someone that you can trust to look at your car, you got to get over to Freeway Tire Shop. Now, let me tell you why you should trust JR. See, I just took my car over there. <laughs> just got it back yesterday, Matt. This was my Honda, which has got about 200,000 miles on it. And I do this sometimes. I went to a place, a car place, where you can, uh, they'll tell you what the codes mean when your check engine light is on, so you have some idea of what mm-hmm. it is. Because sometimes it's your gas cap, and you go, okay, I'll just ride around with this until I fix it, because your car feels kind of normal, and sometimes it's something else. So I, sometimes I just roll up there and check it out. Well, it told me it had some, uh, some problems with my exhaust and the catalytic converter and some other stuff. And so I just told J.R. I was going to bring it through. And uh, he looked at it, and he called me back and said, hey, here's what's wrong with it, uh, blah, 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 blah. I said, well, what about, uh, what about the codes that, that said it was this and this and this? He goes, no, I didn't say any of that. Let me, let me check it again. After, I'll run it one more time. Because, no, no, that stuff is fine. That's why you trust J.R. <laughs> so, yeah, my power steering pump blew up or whatever it did, and I had to get that fixed. But the other stuff, no, nah, wasn't a problem. And so why I take my cars to JR, I just told you. One, you can trust them to diagnose the problem. Two, you can trust them to find quality parts to fix the problem. Three, you can trust them to charge you a fair price. Oh, it hurt, but it was a fair price. And then uh, lastly, man, you stand by in his work. And so if anything goes wrong with it, trust me, I'll take it back to him. He'll fix it. And he got this all done in a day, bro. Came and got it, towed it for me. Took it in, got it done. It's a great deal. If you got a problem with your car, take it to JR. He's five minutes north of downtown, right off of 35 in Commonwealth. Go through the light. He's on the right. You cannot miss him. Check him out online, freewaytireshop.com. So as we continue, I wanted to get into a couple of other things. No trip around the block today because I don't really have anything I wanted to throw out because, man, there's just so much that happened. First off, did you see... Since we last did a podcast, everything that Luca has been doing with the Mavs, he was just named player of the week for the second straight week in a row. And just now, while we were recording the podcast, he's been named as the Western Conference player of the month for December, which is the third time in his career that he has been named player of the month. Only Dirk was named more as a Mav. He was named six times in his career. Luca's already been named three times. You look at his week that he had, just the last player of the week, he averaged 49 points in the three games, 49 points, 13 rebounds, and 11 assists. I mean, what do you do with that, bro? I mean, I don't even know. And, you know, like that day, because I was in Dallas when this happened, I can't remember exactly what game it was, but a few games ago when he had, and it never happened before in the NBA. I don't know that it'll ever happen again unless he does it. He had a 60-point, 20-rebound triple-double, which was the only 60-20 triple-double in NBA history, as you might imagine. I mean, holy crap. Normally when that happens, what do I say? Change the settings, dude. Stop playing our rookie. Be a man. Yeah, because that's like a fake line that I would do in a video game. <laughs> exactly. But uh, it's, uh, it's incredible, man. He... Um he is that guy. He's every bit the superstar that uh, that he was built to be. And is I mean, we've seen nothing since he's been here that says he's not that superstar. Yeah, it's just insane, man. I mean, you look at this in, in his last few, you know, on the Friday before Christmas, on the road against Houston, he had a 50-point game. 
Then he followed that up two games later with the 60-21 and 10 game. Then he followed that up two games later with 51 and 9 against San Antonio. The Mavs have won seven in a row. And you were talking about a guy, and we already all knew this with, with Luca, how ridiculous he is. But for the month of December, and that doesn't include the last game that they played against Houston, but for the month of December, he played 15 games. He averaged 35 points, nine assists, and nine rebounds a game for the month of December. Bro, you know, um, he's he's just uh, he's an amazing player. I feel like Jason Kidd is, you know, there's really not enough words to say about the job that he's done and uh, what he's doing. And I'm going to say what, I, what I've said about players normally on the Cowboys, man. Just enjoy it, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, for real, don't nitpick him. Don't say, hey, he whines too much about the refs. Not just enjoy the greatness. Because I, I'm not saying that he's Jordan because he ain't won no titles yet. Or LeBron. But what you're watching is a special, I don't want to say once-in-a-lifetime player because Dirk was that guy. But he's 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 a better all around player than Dirk. Yes. And Dirk Dirk would tell you that. And Dirk was great. So yeah. that I mean that's really what we're saying is for him to be a better all around player than Dirk. Now y'all already remember how great Dirk was because he ain't been retired that long. Yep. I mean that says it all right there. But there's nothing he can't do. And the shocking thing is he was one of the top defensive players in the league this year. I mean it's amazing, man. I, I, as, as we sit right now, and again, we're not even halfway through the season. We're almost halfway through the season, believe it or not, because when you look at it, they've played 38 games so far. 41 would be the halfway point. I mean, he is the MVP of the league right now. You're talking about a Mavs team that's 22 and 16. They've won seven in a row. They're two and a half games behind the Nuggets for the one seed. But in that same breath, they are three and a half games ahead of Utah for the 10th seed. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, you know, it's the so thing about it is almost everybody in the NBA has struggled at various times this year. There's no, there's no, it's not like the Warriors that year. They raced out to, what was it, 34 and 5 yeah, or yeah. whatever. And they were clearly the best team. Everybody's got their problems, bro. So when you look in the West, yes, yeah, a bunch of good teams, but they're all knocking each other upside the head. Or it's they, wild. You know, or or you're like Phoenix and Devin Booker is out, so you've been dropping games. Or you're like Golden State and Steph Curry is out, so you've been dropping games. Or you're like the Lakers and you've just been dropping games. Because you suck. Right. You know, so the Mavericks, I mean, they were like 10th like two weeks ago. You went seven in a row and all of a sudden you're fourth. Uh, just a game and a half behind uh, the Pelicans, you know. Yeah, uh, that, mean, that's so. what. so, I mean, the, when you look at the West, again, the Warriors right now are te- technically ninth. The top nine teams in the West are all within four and a half games of first. That's unbelievable. I mean, yeah. that, that's two weeks of, of, to your point with the Mavs. And in any team that gets hot in two weeks, you can go from being ninth or tenth to being third or fourth. Well, they're the hottest team in the West with right. eight and two yeah. in their last ten. Uh, only the Nuggets, uh, seven and three, are you know in the conversation. Yeah, man. I mean, they have been playing some crazy good basketball. And it feels like they're starting to figure some things out. Like, I don't know if Luka can continue. I mean, it, it, what he's doing is just unheard of. Well, maybe it's his year. But let me, let me, let me say this because it's probably the direction you're going. Like, you know, I don't say this much because I like Jason Kidd. But, like, Stevie Wonder could see that Christian Wood as a starter yeah. was the best move for this team. 
And I would like to know the inside story, like why he was just adamant about no, 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 no. Okay, finally, I'll try it. And it's like, dude, what took you so long, bro? (laughs) I mean, that was a clear move. Anything else? Eh, you know, and they're missing a lot of players right now. Like, you know, Finney Smith is out. Uh, What's my man uh, who can't shoot threes this year? Bullock is out. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, uh, who's my German guy? He's out. Maxi Kleba. Yeah, so they got a lot of injuries right now, uh, and they're figuring out ways to win. But Christian has—he's uh, been sensational, and uh, you know we'll see if they can—they uh, sign him. Tim McMahon reported they're trying to give him a two-year extension. He ain't yeah. taking that shit, man. No. Give him the four and quit quit playing with him, and just go give him the four-year extension and, and deal with it. <laughs> yeah, and it, it'll be interesting. They've got a couple more games at home. They play the number one team in basketball coming up on Thursday with Boston coming to town. And then after that, they go or they host New Orleans, who is a team right ahead of them in the Western Conference. So two really good teams coming up. And then they've got a big five game road trip. But they're going out and they play like they play the Clippers, who are solid but not spectacular. Then they've got the Thunder, who suck. They've got the Lakers, who suck. And they've got Portland, who's uh, about average as well. So they've got an opportunity here. If they can get if they knock off Boston, that'd be huge. But you'd rather if you can only win one of the next two, quite honestly, you'd rather beat the Pelicans. Because yeah, they're a Western uh, Conference team. So we'll see. Not just that, but uh, Zion is is being that dude we, we yeah. thought he might become. I mean, he's he's been a beast. And then how about Donovan Mitchell with 71 points last night? Yeah, man, he went nuts. First time that we'd seen 71 in a game or more since Kobe in 06. Wow. Yep. Because Devin Booker had 70 not too long ago, but 71 or more. That was the 10th 71 or more game in NBA history. And then finally... Before we get to Todd Archer for our, our closing Cowboys conversation, the college football playoff, I know all you TCU, a lot of TCU people listening to the podcast and are, and are all gung-ho about it. TCU continues to somehow keep winning, and now they've got to take down essentially Goliath. They've got to take down by far the best team in college football the past two years is the only thing standing in the way of TCU and probably the most improbable national championship in in my lifetime. I can't think of one more improbable than this. Maybe Georgia Tech in 1990. Yeah, I don't know. Ohio State beat, beating the Hurricanes in 02 was pretty uh, unexpected. It was, but just even having the opportunity for but it. it. I was going to say, but at least we we're a blue blood program. Right. I mean, TCU, TCU's not. TCU was not ranked coming into the season. They trailed in five of their games at halftime, and seven of their wins, they won by a score or less. One win was a double overtime win against Oklahoma State. Another win, a last-second field goal against Baylor. It's incredible that the Horn Frogs are in this situation, and now they have to face Georgia. And look, on paper, there's no way. There's a reason why Vegas had it at 13.5 to open. I mean, Georgia is dripping with talent, is dripping with gobs of NFL guys. And TCU has Quentin Johnson, a couple others maybe, but man, it, it's you know. See, I don't. Yeah, I mean, normally that's a big deal. I don't think it matters because TCU don't give a fuck. That right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, they don't. Um, TCU believes in itself, and if they get behind early, fourteen nothing, seventeen three, they're not going to panic. Why? Because they've come from behind all year long. To them, it'll be just another game. 
nobody expects them to win, so they can play the underdog, underdog card all they want to. And if they keep it tight, we all know what happens. When you keep it tight in a game like this, those people who just came to the game to have a good time, they turn and become TCU fans. Um, you know, so Georgia should win. I expect Georgia to win. Mm. But, dude, I told my dad this. Um, we talked before the uh, the semifinal games. And I said, Michigan should win. Michigan's a better team. But Michigan can't fuck around with TCU um, because they're good. They believe. And if you play with them, they'll beat you. And, and they'll be that sad singing and slow walking off the field. And you'd be like, how the hell we lose these guys? Yeah, and I was I wasn't that surprised by them winning that game because, like you said, Michigan overall was better. But you look at some of it, like TCU had the best wide receiver. TCU probably had the best running back because Blake Corum was injured and didn't play. TCU had the better quarterback. Like I thought going in, Max Duggan's a better quarterback right now than JJ McCarthy is, and if he plays that way. Then and we've all talked about this many times when you have a quarterback that's playing at a certain level that can be that guy that can help to pull if a team is somewhat more talented than you that can help you to overcome them. The reality of it is I don't know where you look at Georgia and say well TCU is better than Georgia at this place again Quentin Johnson's probably the best wide receiver in that game on Monday night Georgia doesn't have a wide receiver like that because they rely on their tight ends a lot but that'd be it man. And just uh, I mean, I don't think is I think in a game like this, it's like any other game like this. Georgia will win if both teams play their best football. But TCU can score a special teams touchdown or a defensive touchdown or get one, you know, at the ten yard line. Something that's a walk in score for them offensively, or they can win the turnover battle. Uh, you know, we've seen it, man. Uh, we've seen it time and time again how upsets happen. But there's a formula for how they happen. And if Georgia doesn't help you out with none of that, yeah. then you ain't got no chance. Yep. And that's the thing. Like, if both teams play their A game, Georgia wins this. And I, I think they win it like how they thumped Michigan last year. I think it's a pretty convincing win. But if Georgia doesn't play their A game and TCU does, it's like somebody asked me earlier, can, can TCU beat Georgia? It's like, yeah, they can. But some things are going to happen. And to your point, TCU is going to have to be there in the fourth quarter where Georgia's like, oh, hell, what? They're like, we shouldn't have let this team hang around. And then all of a sudden that sphincter gets tight, but they've been in that situation. That's the thing. This would be, I mean, it would be. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. This would be the greatest upset in a college football championship game since Ohio State knocked off Miami because this is the largest spread we've ever had in the since 1998 when the bcs era started until now no team has been favored by this much over another team in a championship game the last time it was 12 or more was miami was favored by 12 or over over ohio state and we saw how that played out right 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 so this would be the biggest upset in championship game history since we've had a designated this game is for the title yeah no so uh I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I want to see if TCU will. Uh, I don't have any reason to believe that they won't. And I think some of it is, man, because you, you've built a team on transfers. So you've built a kind of an experienced team, kind of a hardened team, a yeah. team that's got veterans on it, so to speak, uh, that shouldn't be afraid at the moment. You know, the semifinal game is a big deal for them because they haven't been on that stage before and uh, they handled it. And so if they handled that stage, I would expect that they could handle this stage. Is can they handle the talent at the start? 
and let it settle into a game. So go frogs. Let's see what happens. I'm rooting for you guys. I know, you know, I didn't, I forget how many people I know that went to TCU until TCU won that game the other day. And my Facebook feed is all these TCU people. And I'm like, my God, I forgot. <laughs> I, I'm like, I forgot you went to, oh yeah. And you went to TCU. Now, holy crap. You went to TCU. So good for you guys. I'll be pulling for you. I don't think it's going to happen, but why not TCU? And if TCU can win it, that man, it, you could be a fan of any program. If TCU can win one, anybody can. Yes, sir. It's time now to to check in with our ESPN NFL Nation Cowboys reporter, Todd Archer, joining us. And it's been a couple of weeks, Todd. The last time we talked to you, we were looking ahead to the Eagles. And now we're looking ahead to the season finale and the Cowboys beat the Eagles. And they beat the Titans, and here they are with somehow, believe it or not, a chance. Now, they need help, but there's a chance that the Cowboys can still claim the number one overall seed in the NFC. What have you taken away from this last couple of weeks with the win over the Eagles and the Titans? They're good enough to beat anybody, and they're good enough to lose anybody, (laughs) right? I mean, and I don't think that's really dissimilar from very many teams in the NFC, the way that this thing closing I mean you know it, it is funny to me like the, the Cowboys live on this high tension wire right where one misstep and everybody's ready to pounce and say ah you see they were frauds and yet the Eagles lose two in a row and lose to the Saints at home and there's not as much uh, laughing or scoffing at the Eagles chances uh, the, the Niners almost lose to Jared Siddham uh, but there's not the same kind of scoffing at the Niners' chances. Um, you know, so in Minnesota gets – yeah, they're not serious. So maybe everybody was scoffing the Vikings. Um, <laughs> but, but that you know, that, that's the point, right? Like, anybody, this is as wide open as it's been probably. And maybe it's not as – it's just in our head. But, you know, as we've talked about, there's not a team on the, on the, in the playoffs that should scare the Cowboys. Well, guess what? There's another team in the playoffs that are scared of the Cowboys either. And that should make for an interesting um, an interesting playoff run here for, for whoever goes through. And it's all about playing your best on that day. And that's why, you know, I'm sure we'll get into it, the, the turnovers and Dak's interceptions, whether his fault or not, might not have hurt the Cowboys to a large degree yet. But eventually, and when you get to the more important games, you just can't have – you can't be minus in the turnover and the, and takeaway giveaway, and that's something they're really going to have to fix. Uh, what's the uh, priority? Well, I'll just ask you: What's the priority going into the Washington game? Win, right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> is there another one? I don't know. Like, I mean, yeah, health matters and stuff like that, but you, you, you want to win the game because. Who knows what's going to happen with the Giants and the Eagles? I think it's probably fairly safe bet to say San Francisco will win their final game. But if you can be the two seed and play a home playoff game, play a home playoff game. Um, you know, uh, that, that's why I think it's 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 win this one. And who knows? Do there, does Washington know it got eliminated yet? I don't know if their coach is aware that. Wow! How do they bad know that is they're that, not, bro? <laughs> Again, I mean, really, how bad is that? Bad. Because imagine if that was Mike McCarthy. What would everybody be saying in all these national shows, right? Fire his ass. Right. 
I mean, I don't I mean, know how, and, and how you can, can you have him. No, nah, I was just like, I don't know how you could not know what your playoff situation is. And that's yeah, you, you, you know, people say, know. well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, oh, well, he was just focusing on, you know, he knew he had to win. So, da, da, da. like, you have to know it frontwards and backwards of every single possibility as to how your team can get in the playoffs. Whether you win that game or whether you lose that game, you have to know it all, right? And maybe he didn't think that they could be eliminated this week, and that's why he went with Carson Wentz. I don't know. I mean, you know, what would have happened if that was the Cowboys? And if and Mike McCarthy would have said, really, we got eliminated? I mean, again, it's just it's funny to hear in, in some of these things and then the reaction to some of these things and how different it is when the Cowboys do it, when these other teams do yeah, and and you brought it up, Todd, and and it is true. We we have to address the turnover situation. It's become it's almost like the laughing joke now. It, it happened again on Thursday night, where you go, "Oh, there it is." You knew Dak was going to throw a pick at some point, and you know, to your point, whether it's Dak's fault, the receiver's fault, whatever the case may be, it's just completely uncharacteristic for him. And it's one of those things. I think what when we nitpick the Cowboys and you look at this, and a team, at least I'm hoping, can make a run. These types of mistakes when you get into the playoffs that bite you in the ass in these games that generally can be one possession away from winning or losing, advancing, how do they eliminate this? What do you see as the problem that he continually is throwing these interceptions game in and game out? I mean, some of it's luck, right? The Hendershot interception against Tennessee. That's not Dak's fault. The, the Noah Brown interception um, at the end of overtime or in overtime against Jack, that's not Dak's fault. But guess what? The, the throw to Schultz at the end of the first half against Tennessee, that was his fault. You know, like Mike McCarthy said, it was a poor decision. Um, the earlier interception against Jacksonville, now I'm shaking my head as to when it was. Again, that so even if it's – okay, he's got 14 picks. Let's say five of them weren't his fault. That's still nine that were. And, and you know, I, I, I do think it's interesting. Like, his interception rate or percentage this year is, 3.9%. Entering the year is 1.7. So he's more than doubled that this year. Like, this isn't the DAC that we know and, and have seen play. Like, and it's not like he's played – maybe his rookie year he played careful, if, if that's a way to describe it. But I don't think he's been – I, I would not characterize Dak as playing careful football and just managing it, right, and, and being – Charlie check down and all this kind of stuff. He's, he's taken some chances. I think what you have to, the good news is they're, they're five and one when he's throwing a pick in these last six games, eight and two since he's been back. So they're still winning the game and they've beaten some good teams. Uh, Minnesota, the Eagles, I guess you got to call the giants a good team. They're during the playoffs and you know, they, they beat the lions who could be a playoff team. They beat the Titans who could be a playoff team. So, you know, you're, you're looking at it. Yeah, you had to look at it from that perspective, but I wanted to find out, like, okay, who in the in the playoffs has had success after turning the ball over? And I, I wrote this the other day on ESPN.com. Eli Manning, 2007, led the NFL in 20 picks. He threw one in the Giants' Super Bowl run. He changed who he was in the playoffs. Matthew Stafford, 17, led the league last year at picks for the Rams. He had three in the playoffs. Cut his interception rate down. And Jim Kelly in 92 got to the Super Bowl, but he lost to the Cowboys, led the league well, with 19 picks. He cut his intercept. And it, well, actually, he didn't because the Cowboys – I mean, I was, was that the, they picked him off three times in the Super Bowl? 
but at least got yeah. there. Uh, right, right, right. Uh, he at least got to the big game. So, you know, but but those are let's see the first Super Bowl was in nineteen sixty whatever. There's fifty something Super Bowls. That's three guys we named, right? So it's not like this is a thing that happens a lot. So I, I you don't want Dak to go in a shell, and I don't think he will. But somehow the bad luck ones just have to go away, right? Like I, I don't know how else. What do you? What's the coaching point to Peyton Endershot? Catch the ball. No shit. <laughs> Noah Brown, catch the ball. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll catch the ball next time. Like, what, what do you do? You know what I'm saying? So, I, I don't think you can have Dak go into a shell and just play it no, carefully. He's got to make. He's got to make better decisions than like. You know, you're throwing it out to Dalton Schultz, and he's got like four guys around him, including a really good safety. So it's just a little stuff like that where you don't have to put right. the ball but, in Yeah, those are the ones he has to – right, those are the ones he has to avoid, right? But it's the other ones, I mean, other than just saying throwing your hands up, what, what do you – is he not supposed to throw the ball to Peyton Henderson or, or Noah Brown in those situations? You know what I mean? So he has to be better at it. There's no – no question about it, but and I'll, I'll repeat myself again. This offense does not succeed if, it, if he goes into a shell, especially with what they're doing now, throwing the ball, what they're doing on third down, the points of scoring. Because now we're seeing the run game kind of be mitigated here the last couple of weeks. they got to get that going here, and I don't know if this is the week against Washington that you really do get that going. Um, but Paul's return would certainly be helpful. Well, uh, well you lead me into my next point. And I got kind of irritated with with a couple of uh, fans. I know y'all are shocked by that. But they're like, uh, Kellen Moore, they, they need to find a new offensive coordinator. Kellen Moore sucks. He's, I'm like, what is wrong with y'all, man? Yeah. Now, I, I like to say, nobody said Kellen Moore was, at least to my knowledge, nobody said. He was Andy Reid or Kyle Shanahan or Sean McVay, if you think those are the best guys in the league at calling plays and creating offenses. But let's not act like he sucks. He's really good. Um, it, right. it just drives me crazy. People think that, and they do this with Dak. Okay, so he's not Brady, he's not Aaron Rodgers, so he sucks. No, there's something in between great and you suck. And, uh, you know, your boy Kellen Moore is in there. What do you think about the year he's had? I, I don't understand how you could say it's not been a good year for him. Um, you know, since Dak's return, they're the best team on third down, they're the best team in points per game. They're, they're they're, even without that, without Dak for five games, they're second in the league in scoring uh, to, to Kansas City. Um, that, that's, that's when you play five games with your backup quarterback and you're still in this position. And that that's pretty impressive. Um, I, I've we we sat next to each other enough in the press box, Jock, for you to know this about me. Like I'm not the guy that says, "Well, that play didn't work. You should have run that play." Because that's just bogus second guessing. That's not. There's no rhyme or reason. You're just mad at the result and not understanding what they were trying to do or what they were thinking. And and then every offensive coordinator has those, right? I mean, that's why you just can't sit there and say, "Well, they should have run it on third and one." Well, there were eleven guys in the box right there, and they couldn't block everybody. So they tried to get. Yeah, did they get cute? Yeah, they probably got a little cute. But it, it all it could have worked if this happened. So. I think Kellen Moore is having a really good year. I think he's had a really good last couple of seasons. And I, I think McCarthy has kind of 
rubbed off on him in a positive way where you're still seeing him run the ball, right? I mean, th- how many times did we see in his first couple of years as an OC, like if they couldn't run it at all, they didn't even try and run it. Well, they couldn't really run it against the, the Titans, and guess what they still did? They ran it 32 times. Not because they have an ultra success, but I think they realized this is the way to win this game and how these guys are playing and where they are offensively. We don't need to give them extra chances, so let's run it. Let's take away Dak's three runs. They ran it 29 times. One of Dak's runs actually might have been a kneel down. Maybe I can't remember that, that game now. But, you know, they, they averaged 2.7 yards per carry. They still ran it 32 times. I'd like to find how many times in Kellen Moore's time with the Cowboys that they've stuck with the run that way when they've not had the success. Yeah. So I think Kellen Moore's grown. I think he's doing a – I mean, you add in five games of Cooper Rush, I don't know how you don't think this is maybe his best season. Yeah, and uh, just one other thing, and you can feel free to chime in, Matt, as I hog all the questions. <laughs> it's it's just that um, I think the other thing is, and you you pointed out, Arch, that they're, they're second in the league in points. Yet, you tell me if we thought this was going to be an offense worth of shit when training camp right. broke, and certainly after the first game. Like, this ain't no elite unit with a bunch of superstars on offense. It's got a couple good players. I mean, really good players, and everybody else is just, uh, you know, somewhere between good and above average. Right. Points come out of the passing game. That's one of the axioms that's kind of developed here. Okay, you got C.D. Lamb. Named the next receiver that's had a good season. <laughs> yeah, right? bro. I mean – Okay, Dalton Schultz, he missed, what, a couple, three games maybe with a, with a knee deal. He's come on here lately. He's got, you know, the, the tight ends as a whole have done a nice job, although their blocking at Tennessee was pretty bad. Uh, but th- they've been solid. The receiving core, again, CD lifts, all, lifts that boat tremendously. They've been okay. The, the, you know, Zeke and Pollard in the, in the passing game, they've been fine. But, yeah, this isn't like – this isn't even last year's receiving core. They had Amari Cooper and Cedric Wilson. This isn't even, uh, gosh, Dak's rookie year. Like, I would say the, the bulk of that group, the, the core, the, all of, the encompassing wide receiver group in 2016 might be better than the group now. Now, CD right, is right. better than what Dez was then, and, but Terrence Williams is probably better than Michael Gallup, and so you play that game. I, you know, it's, but you're right. It's not like he's getting, and, and I'm writing about this guy later in the week. They called T.Y. Hilton off the couch and he's now making plays for him. Like they, they needed T.Y. Hilton to, to come in and become a player for them. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, again, if you want to nitpick Kellen Moore, it's because you want to nitpick Kellen Moore and, and you just don't want to give the guy any credit for what they're doing. Yeah. He's going to, they're going to be calls that he wants back, but there's still a team that is, Great on third down and scoring a bunch of points per game. Seems to be a pretty good barometer of success for a coordinator. <laughs> yeah. So what what is the weakness on this team, the area that concerns you the most with one game left against Washington? We know they're going to the playoffs. What's that area of concern that sticks out to you still? Uh, the still probably might you just threw me off with. What concerns me, and I asked Dan Quinn about it yesterday and I didn't really get a good answer. The explosive plays they've allowed the last couple games. The backup quarterback. Seven passes of 20 yards or more against Philly. Okay, kind of can excuse it. They do, the Eagles have Smith and Goddard was back and A.J. Brown and, you know, all that. But you gave up 
four plays of 20 yards or more to the Titans in, in through the air with Malik, uh, not Malik, well, not even Malik, with Josh Dobbs at quarterback. And, okay, I like Traylon Burks as a receiver, but I think the, the Titans had two games with more explosive passes all season than what they put up against the Cowboys. So explosive plays when you get in the playoffs matter even more. And then you factor in you're probably going to see Tom Brady in week one. He and Mike Evans just went off uh, you know, last week. That has to be a concern. If you do see Aaron Rodgers, Christian Watson, we, we saw what they did against the Cowboys uh, a couple months ago. Um, you know, the, the, you're going to play the Eagles again. That has to be an issue. So it's, I, I think the explosive, explosive pass plays have me the most concerned, and that's probably tied into the pass rush a little bit. But I do think they're affecting the quarterback, if not getting sacked. But the, the, the back-end coverage has to be better than what it's been the last couple of games. Even though through the course of the season, the number of explosives is probably down, but, but it's not trending in the right direction. But is it going to get better with Nashon right over there at cornerback and Bland in the slot? Hell if I know. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, well, that's kind of my point. I don't, I don't, we can I don't know if it's going to get better because they're playing better quarterbacks than they played the last two games. And really, this yeah. game as well, whoever plays for Washington. Right? I mean, you're looking at, well, I guess Brock Purdy still a question mark, I guess. So, but, you know, Goff, is, if, if it's the Lions, Goff had a really good year. With Aaron Rodgers, we know Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Jalen Hurts will be back. We know what, what he's been able to do. Uh, Cousins, for all the stuff you want to say and what they Cowboys did against them, do we really think that Justin Jefferson's going to get held to like 30 yards against the Cowboys again? They've done a two straight game. Can they really against them? Can they do it a third? I don't know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, th- that that's why that concerns me as they go into the playoff. Um, because you need chunk plays in tight games to break things open. And last year, offensively, thanks for the Cowboys, I think that's one thing that changed about their offense the last however many games of the year, and they weren't as explosive as they were uh, the early part of the season. Tony Pollard didn't play on Thursday night. Obviously, kind of like that mini-buy going into the final game of the year. Is he good to go from here on out? It seems that way, yeah. And if, if the game was a Sunday and not a Thursday, if they went Sunday, Sunday, he would have played. Um, but there's still some swell and still some soreness. And they just said, look, let's just hold him out, air inside of caution, and and get by without him. And they did. So he should be good to go. I got to be, no one has said anything to me about this, but I went, when I watched the game back again, there looked to be a play in the second half where Zeke took a shot on his leg again. And he got up and he like looked at like he, I don't know if he thought someone laid a little dirty late hit on him or if something was up with his knee, but you know two point whatever for him or well, one point nine or whatever the heck it was for Zeke against against Tennessee that's a little concerning. Uh, yeah, one point nine. Um, that that's a little concerning. I I think he's going to be fine. Everybody says he's going to be fine. And and again, if it's him and Pollard. You know, you think the Cowboys would get back up to speed, provided the Oddish is back or McGovern does a good job holding down the Ford at center. All right. You got anything else, Shock? 
No, I think we've exhausted uh, all of time. That's it. We're only going 21 minutes. I mean, oh well, I mean, you know, shit. You guys pay me all this money, dude. You guys pay me all this money to do this stuff, and then you know, this is it. Oh yeah, there you go. Well, well, you know, the fact that we're up to a thousand dollars of an appearance, hey, we're we're happy to donate wow. to the Arctic Cause. Hmm. All right. Oh, wow. Let's check if you lost in the mail. Yeah, I was gonna say. Where's that money coming okay. from? Uh, At JJT Media Group. Uh, what are we doing? What are we going on? Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, it be like that sometimes, man. But uh, no, nah, man, it's, you know, we're still winding back. It's first of the year. We're trying to get back in in real good shape. Um, oh, what you what you think of uh, oh. what you think of the deal last night in Cincinnati? Uh, this, I'm not adding anything that no one else has said. It's just a scary moment, right? I mean, when you looked at it, you didn't think it was. It didn't look good, right? But then he got up. You're like, oh, okay. And then you see him go down, and it's like that's not that. That's not like the Tua situation that he had with the the concussion uh, earlier this year. That you could tell right away that something was different. And you know, they, they absolutely made the, the the right call in in postponing the game. I don't know what they do going forward. I don't know what's fair and equitable for either team, to be honest with you. And that's that's not my decision to make. But all I kept coming back to was, and you guys know how much I, I love soccer, but the 2020 European Championship, when Denmark was playing, I believe it was Finland, and, and Denmark's Christian Eriksen had a cardiac episode on the field and died on the field, and they brought him back. They went and played. They finished that game. Like, I had to go back and read them. Like, what did they do here? Did they finish? They went back and they finished the game. Like, that, to me, that was – I can't believe that they actually did it. And I just, but all I kept thinking was, like, this is another Christian Erickson-type situation, and you just have to pray that, that DeMar Hamlin is going to be okay. Forget football, just life's purpose, right? And um, the, that his teammates will be okay, and then the, the, the Bengals will be okay, and, and honestly, league-wide, because I'm sure there's players in every locker room across the league saying, is this worth it? What am I doing? Um, despite the odds and the uh, that, that that something like this would never ever happen again, um, there has to be players that are just questioning w- what they're doing. And it's you, you, again, you just hope you hope that the kid is going to be okay. And I don't care if he plays another down of football or not. I just hope that the, that he's okay and and it's going to be a, a, around and leave a long productive life. You said you had something for us? Well, yeah. I'm going to come back after that, after a life deal and come in. All right. Let, well, sorry. <laughs> Let's go it's... Cowboys of the five seed. Hmm. What's a successful season for the Dallas football Cowboys? Because we all said when this thing, when we were talking this summer, it doesn't matter what this team does in the regular season. It's all about what they do in the playoffs. Well, now we're closing hmm. in on the playoffs. What's a successful season for the Cowboys? Because in that, in that scenario, you're on the road at Tampa. Then you're going on the road most likely to what? San Francisco? Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Philly? Damn. Unless the Giants or the seven seed win um, their wild card game. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because Minnesota, yeah, Minnesota right? Yeah, yeah. To the top yeah, that's... Mm. I mean, in that scenario, if you're the five seed, it, you win one road playoff game, 
It would feel like a disappointment, quite honestly. Anything less than the NFC Championship game this year would feel disappointing, but realistically, are you going to win consecutive road games in the playoffs to then have to go to San Francisco or wherever you're going on the road after that? What do you got, Tom? Uh, I, th- I think they can get to the NFC Championship game. Now that's a little question. Not, What's a successful season? <clears throat> I think a successful season is you got to get to the you got to beat Tampa and get to the second round of the playoffs. And then we'll see what it's... So you're, you're okay it, with them doing what Jason Garrett's done? Okay. Well, I think uh, I think I think every year is different, asshole. And I think it's uh, it's you know it's it's how good a team you are, how the season falls right. I mean, it's going to be a rare year, and maybe uh, maybe one of us will look it up. It's going to be a rare year that you win thirteen games and don't win the division. And, and right. get sentenced to three three road games just to get to the Super Bowl, or just to get to the uh, or, you know if you play an NFC Championship game, um, you know. So, I mean, you know, I, this is all I ever asked for for the most part. Is some of it is tempered by do you get to Philadelphia and you lose thirty one thirty at the buzzer, or do you lose forty four to six? Right. You know, yeah. so if you lose 31-30 at the buzzer, take my Buckeyes, for example, I couldn't really be mad at those guys. I mean, hell, you played a hell of a game. You missed a 50-yard field goal in the dome at the end. You lost. I mean, but you played good for the most part. Uh, but you lost. So, you know, it is what it is. So that's so, a lot so different here, here. Than, than getting drilled and being non-competitive. Right. So here's the – Matt, what year were you born? 79. Jacques, what year, uh, what year were you that's born? The, that's the year I got my first French kiss. Ah, fine oh, memories. God. How do you remember the year? Because you remember the grade. Oh, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> I, guess. So, I remember the grade. So yeah. yeah. So that's seventh grade, Lori Moore. God rest her. Yeah. I don't know if she's dead, so I'm not I was going to say, you kissed her and she died from it? My God. So you were born in like 67, 66? Yeah, 67. Okay. You know, my birth my so, birthday is Thursday, so I don't so know if we're doing a show. It, Maybe we'll do it from a strip club. Oh god. Jesus. <laughs> Edit that out, Matt. Um, so just to so to, to get to a Super Bowl as the five seed, more likely than not, the Cowboys have to win three road playoff games. Yeah. Correct. The Cowboys third most recent playoff road victory came <laughs> a mere month after Matt McLaren was born. God, <laughs> that's so nuts. That's insane. 1992, 1991, 1980. Those are the last three road playoff victories. Well, so much for this year. <laughs> yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I think this is a. Now, see, I, I'm going here, man, and you know, Tampa is a is a tough matchup for them only because the corners are all hurt, and they got guys who can light you up. You know, and I say that knowing that Tampa's offense has stunk almost the entire year except for the the last half of the fourth quarter in four or five different games. And so, honestly, it's Tom Brady. Like, until you play him, he's still going to – he's 7-0 and against the Cowboys. Or well, here's my point, Whatever man. it is. I didn't, really, I didn't really say it, but my point was – 
if they could go to to Tampa, even though they should beat Tampa because they should be a better team, they got a much better record, and Tampa hadn't played good this year. But if you could beat Tampa and you beat Brady, it doesn't matter that it's 45-year-old Brady. It's we beat Brady on the road. Right. woo yep. Then you really can't take that confidence that comes from that and go to Philadelphia and go, well, this is Philadelphia. We, we play them all the time. They ain't shit. I mean, we've won up here a bunch of times. Like, it's not a big deal. We just need to go play and play good and go win. Right. You know. Now, you know. And then San Francisco's a whole different beast because it's a bad matchup for them, I think. But, but again, you know, it's Brock Purdy at quarterback. At some point, doesn't a seventh-round draft pick get exposed? Despite what you – even if he's got a great roster around him? And Derek yeah, Stidham just put up 27 points against that defense. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point. Uh, so that's my whole my whole thing is based on if they can beat Brady, even though it's not vintage Brady, but if they can beat Brady and the Bucks, they could get a lot from that, and they could really carry that quite a ways. Oh. Yeah. And 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 I, I think it's a successful season is getting to an NFC title game. I agree. I, I think that that's the bar. Yeah, uh, just because Mike McCarthy was brought in to do something Jason Garrett never did, and this is going to be a 12-win team, at least a 12-win team in back-to-back years. Even if you have to go on the road twice and do something that seems not done in quite a long time, we we started this thing, there's really no one in the NFC that scares you, then this has to be the time that you put it together. Yeah, I agree with Todd. All right, fine then. Okay, and on that agreement, we can end. <laughs> All right, there he is. <laughs> All right, Todd, appreciate it, man. Hi, Thanks, guys. We'll see you. All right, see you. Bye. All right, there he is, Todd Archer. And I mean, that, that's how I feel, honestly. It, it, it almost, in, in maybe it's unfair because to your point about how many times, and I went, I looked this up real quick. So this would be, the Cowboys have done this in their franchise history. They have only won 13 or more three times. All right, they did it back in 2016, 2007, and 1992. So if they win on Sunday, it would be the fourth time in the history of the franchise that they have won 13 games. Well, then you look at how many times they've won 12 games, and that adds, including this year. So if we don't include this year, what was that? Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11. Yeah. So 14 times in franchise history, they've won 12 or more games before this year. Only twice did they not win the division. It last okay. happened in 1983. They finished 12 and four. They finished second. They lost a wild card game, and it happened in 1980. They finished 12 and four, finished second, and lost in the conference championship game. So yeah, to your point, it is extremely rare to win this many games and not be a division champion hosting a home playoff game. Yeah, and, and but fair or unfair, at, at this point, I, I think Todd's right. Mike McCarthy was brought in to do something Jason Garrett couldn't do, which was to get this team past the second round of the playoffs. And how many times have you and I talked about this where you have a season like this and you waste it because you weren't able to do it when it got to the playoffs? And it feels like the door is as open as ever. Like, I don't know that it will ever be more open for you to make a run to the Super Bowl than it, than it is this year because, there, again, and, and yes, it's fair. I don't know anybody looking at the Cowboys and freaking out that they'd have to play the Cowboys it just feels like they've got a great chance because they are a good team with a lot of high quality players with a quarterback who shockingly, and I know this will piss off some people is playing at a really good level. 
No, true. But we'll see how it turns out. It's Sunday. It's Washington, the season finale. And that's the finale for the return of Jam Session. Glad that all you guys were patient with us as we enjoyed some vacation time, hanging out with our families and took some time off, man. But we appreciate each and every one of you. We will have another episode coming your way to wrap up the week and get you ready for Washington and Dallas in the season finale. Thanks for listening to the Jam Session podcast. Make sure to find us on Instagram at Jam Session Cast. Of course, you can also find us on Twitter at McMatt Radio and at JJT underscore journalist. Our podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you'll have time for healing and renewal. Give them a call at 972-934-8900. Greening Law, Office, Dallas, Texas. As always, thanks to Purple Elephant Music for the music you hear at the end and the beginning of each episode. He, of course, is the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. And me, I'm just a guy, Matt McLaren. We'll catch you next time right here on the Jam Session Podcast, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.